Hey, husband. Yes, wife. Why can't you trust Adams? <sighs> Why? Because they make up literally everything. Wow. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Random's Thoughts. I'm wife. And I'm very sick. Yes, you are. He is the plague rare. So, as our new holiday tradition, as of a few years ago, I got a fever for Christmas. Yep, every year. So, I have been under the weather for, well, going on a little over a week now, and hopefully I'm coming out of it. But... We're here just before New Year's, and we're going to try and see if we can get this one together. Yeah. Or if you, if we can't edit out all the coughing and me trying desperately to cling to life, then uh, apologies in advance. Yeah, you got a nice sound of the Crypt Keeper over here. So uh, today we're going to do, I don't want to say our final no, talk about the No, I'm sure we're going to keep talking about it, but... Um, you know, we did our abilities, we did the rest of the cards in two different very long segments, so now we're kind of getting a feel for it overall, and exactly. how we're feeling about it, um, and, you know, probably won't need to be the hour and a half long ones that the last two were. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> we were considering doing a year in review, since, you know, it's that time of year, but we felt it would be more appropriate to actually wait for our, the Random's Thoughts, one-year anniversary, and we're going to kind of punt it until then. Yeah. We do have some, hopefully, exciting stuff coming up for you in 2018. It's going to be so awesome. But we'll, as I said a moment ago, we'll wait until we get to that point, and then we'll, we'll go over that stuff. So let's dive back into Monks. What we're going to do, like Wife said, is kind of just see, you know, what do we think of the set as a whole? What, what are we... What stood out to us? What were the, the major talking points? And we're currently looking at, at version 0.2, so if you head on over to the Facebook group, then you could definitely check that out. I believe Logan posted recently a newer iteration. Yep, and he posted lots of pretty pictures, too, yeah. which are fun to look at, and we'll talk about those a little bit, too. There is something to be said about actually having artwork for the cards. Right? It so, just it makes it more real and exciting, and I'm a sucker for decently presented objects, so I will put, say that. As an, as an amateur game designer myself, I don't design games professionally. Wife doesn't design games professionally, but we both played games long enough, and probably most of the people listening to this have played games long enough, that at some point you've said, hey, I could design my own game. And there's definitely a difference between the playtest cards that you have that may literally be post-its attached to something else, yeah. or even just printouts of just card text, and then actually having something in a frame with artwork and actual card text. And pretty pictures. Yeah, it, it looks really cool, and the stuff that is up on the Facebook group is pretty impressive. The artwork has kind of blew me away on yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, it's, it's just a fun... It, it, it makes it feel more real. Exactly. It and definitely that's adds a lot exciting. to it. Yeah, so we're definitely excited by that. I don't have the artist's name offhand, but I'm fairly certain Logan posted it in there. Right? Yeah, most of them are on the um, cards. Great. Like down at the bottom. Yeah, so uh, definitely big thumbs up to the people putting in the hard work on that. So to dive into the actual cards themselves, 
Well, let's let's kind of jump around with this one, wife. I don't really want to go in an order. All so, right. what do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Um. Well, I'll start with what I'm most excited for. And what's that? To be a brewmaster. I mean, we all knew that that was coming, but I am so excited to be a brewmaster. I'm going to be Chen. It's going to be awesome. I I love Chen. So let's take a step back <laughs> for a second. So if before you saw this set, if someone were to come to you and go say, what, what does it mean to be a brewmaster? Do you think that the cards that either have the brewmaster subtype or are somehow tangentially related to being a brewmaster, do you think that the, the lore flavor came through i think so um because you get to get people drunk and throw booze at things and um it's like he has healing powers and boosting powers and flame powers and it's exciting to me well i think the references to a lot of things definitely came through yeah i think the the kegs are literally there yeah. i think there there should have been a keg item like an actual mm -hmm weapon that was a keg or a trinket that was a keg that would have been cool that would be and i think you, you get like the brews like, yeah so there like, are the keg get... items like the iron skin brew and the purifying brew that's they true. are technically keg items that's fair they're trinkets uh, yeah well did, were they actually given the type keg yep brewmaster okay, keg I, item i stand corrected when i said that i was thinking more like i wanted a weapon keg <laughs> Like yes, I mean, there yeah. was that. There's the one card that makes keg tokens that deals damage, but I kind of wanted a two-handed weapon keg. Oh, like in the old Wild West things when they just like take the keg yeah, and like just, shove it over a person's yeah, it just head smash and smash it over, someone. and then roll you down a hill. That's not really a brewmaster or monk thing. No, it's but... like a Wild West, a really bad Wild West movie. Although they do do that in Heroes of the Storm, one of, of Chen's. They do. Well, one of Chen's ultimates is he literally jumps in a keg and he's not invulnerable. Uh, but he is immune to, like, crowd control effects. So he can't be stunned, he can't be slowed, those sort of things. But mm -hmm. he can still be damaged. And then you can hit people, and it bounces them around. Ooh. So something like that would have been cool, yeah, but that be... also is not... I don't think that's in WoW. That is not in Warcraft 3. Mm -hmm. It was something for Heroes of the Storm. Because his other ultimate is Storm, Earth, and Fire, which did make an appearance, which is one of my favorite cards in the set. Yeah. So... The only other thing you mentioned was getting people drunk, which, yes, we do have that showing up in a few places. Yeah, I mean, I, there obviously could be more, but... But I think it was also good, it's good and bad, because it feels like it should be there, but it also is the low-hanging fruit of, yeah. oh, we'll attach this, and this thing attacks at random. Ah, LOL, it's drunk. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that, um, and you're right, it is kind of the low-hanging fruit, and I will always reach for the low-hanging fruit, <laughs> but, um, I mean, let's let's talk about my jokes at the beginning, I will always reach for the low-hanging fruit, <laughs> oh, but... Oh, we um... we've all, through, what episode is this, 19? Yeah. I think everyone's well familiar with the that by now. Um, but I like it in, and this goes back to being a history geek, and, but I like, you know... He's wandering around. He's a he's a seller of beer, so he's not always you know intoxicated. It's just he has that ability if he needs to, and he's a jovial character who also happens to kick well, some butt. Big, uh, he's a big guy, right? Yeah. Chen is a big dude. Big guys are jolly. <laughs> is that like, why you're so cranky like, now? Like Santa, Santa is jolly. 
Fire <laughs> talk do. is jolly. Fire talk is jolly. Chen is jolly. <laughs> so it's the is way my it favorite. is. So anyway, um, so do you have a card off the top of your head that is your favorite for the set? Yes, special and delivery. Special delivery. Can you remind us of exactly what special so delivery is? So special delivery, when a non-token equipment you control is destroyed, put a keg um, item token into play. Make a toast. Destroy a keg you control. Your hero deals one fire damage to each opposing hero and ally, or your hero heals one damage from each opposing, each friendly hero and ally. We all know I like little guys. I love my swarms of little tiny creatures, and so I like the idea of being able to heal them. But I also like crowd control, so I like that, and I like the imagery of it. It is it, the imagery Special is definitely delivery. fun. And it, it's fun having Chen yell that. Like, in my head, I can hear yes, Chen right? yelling that. And that that's awesome to me. For me, I honestly, I was originally going to say, uh, where's the card? Because it was actually changed. So, as I mentioned, we're looking at version 0.2. And uh, I'm glad that the, the change log got added to the document. Because I can see, oh, well... <laughs> I don't know if it was a result of our discussion, because I don't remember when we first did the abilities, so it would have been four weeks ago. Yeah, so I it, think it changed before that, It was or it was starting to be, like, the and discussion we was it. around there, yeah. yeah. So it's entirely possible. I'm going to say it's from us, but I don't think it was, but <laughs> one of the We're cards... We're going to feel important about ourselves yeah. for, like, 30 seconds. So one of the cards was Enveloping Miss, and it basically was almost a originally a reverse taste of divinity. Mm -hmm. So instead of dealing two damage and if the thing it hits survives, it bounces to your hand. Instead of that, it was heal two damage and then if there was anything still damaged, bounce it back to your hand. And there, were, there was another card that does something very similar, but I was excited by the prospect of being able to bounce it and power up Eye of the Storm or mm -hmm. trigger things that cared about having so many cards played in a turn as I said, there was a similar card that is escaping me at the moment that had a similar bounce effect where you can repeat it and then load up counters. Well, the, the card text has since been changed. That doesn't quite work. Instead, what I'm going to go with is, well, I'm going to take a page out of your book, wife, and I'm going to say a hero, and it's actually going to be Chen Stormstout. I mean, obviously. The reason for that is hardiness. Now... One, I love, har, har, har. I always had an issue with the way Upper Deck and Cryptozoic handled things where they kind of left keywords and other things by the wayside. Yeah, it was like, oh, hey, here's hardiness for one set. Let's never talk about it again. Yeah, so they would occasionally have, I think in War of the Ancients, they recurred some things and, the, you know, a keyword might show up one-off if you're lucky, but most mm -hmm. of the time, once whatever the theme was, was done, it's over, and yeah. you never see it again. And that was, yeah, that always annoyed me, and it annoyed me for the fact that you put all this effort <coughs> into making this type, making these keywords, and all these people who may not have decent memories learn these things, and <laughs> then um, you never hear about it again, and then it randomly shows up, you know, 12 years later, and you have to deal with that. Well, the the thing with this is, I mean, most people are probably not going out of their way to build a hardiness deck. True. Especially since the hardiness ally that everyone's going to think of is Kazamon, Steelskin, yeah. and he requires an orc hero, so he's not going in with this. But 
I do, there's something nice in my head. So Val, Valerie Warfield is an undead hunter that for three, when she flips, uh, the f- first time you're dealt damage each turn, reduce it by one. Well, it's kind of like hardiness, but except Chen pays one more, and now it's every damage gets reduced by one to, in my mm-hmm. head. That, that feels nice. I know it, it's yeah. silly, but I also like the implications of, oh, well, Chen now turns off all your opponent's Brodericks in the graveyard. This is true. Well, not all of them. I take that back. It's going to turn off the first Broderick because the second one is going to cause it to deal damage. Mm-hmm. Um, he deactivates, essentially, a bunch of one attack allies. The one damage that he's preventing adds up a lot over the course of a game. It To me, it's a very subtle thing, but one of the general things I liked about this set and the prospects in it is the idea of a solo monk. So there, there are a number of what you could call solo decks in Classic right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, obviously the first thing, if, you, if I said solo deck to you, wife, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Spider Solitaire. Really? That's the first deck that comes to mind? I guess not. Um, a solo deck where it's only the hero and Spider Solitaire is the thing that comes to mind? No, okay. Well, Solitaire just made me think solo, but probably um, the Blizzard deck, the Freezing. Well, I was going to say Death Wish, but that was going to be my second example was the Slow Mage. So if you, if you say a solo deck, it, to me, the first thing that I would assume you were indicating was some kind of plate-wearing class or mm-hmm. you know something utilizing weapons and it's your hero doing the heavy lifting so you have death wish as and then my next example was going to be well you have solo in other classes with things like slow, slow mage and stuff like that you could make an argument that winter wondervolt is essentially a solo deck yeah it's like because you have yes no if, friends and then you have a million friends i mean I, you make them it's yeah you literally make them <laughs> you literally make your friends so it's it's sort of a solo deck is yes there are allies but really there are only allies at the last second mm-hmm. so there are solo decks but a lot of the a lot of classic is defined by allies mm-hmm. which is good and bad you know it's not a problem to have allies dominating the format but there's there's tons of ally decks it's cool to me to bring in the idea of especially one that isn't a plate class isn't yeah. a claw like how many solo shaman decks are there? Yeah. I mean, if I, we're going to use your definition, I guess Spider Solitaire. I mean, it but, doesn't really count, but it kind of does, but um, not really. Then how many solo hunter decks are there? I mean, I've played Control Hunter, but that was because Undead became Hunters, and that means you get access to Death Fear, so you're not really solo anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, there were solo rogues. Vorix could probably is counts he, as one. Yeah, he counts. But it doesn't... To me, it doesn't have quite the same feel as a solo deck when it's, using the slow deck as an example, it doesn't have the same feel if you're casting spells to me. To me, that feels like a magic control deck, like the game Magic Control, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, I feel Death Wish and similar solo decks in that vein are unique to WoW because, you know, weapons. I can see that. And armor. So yeah. it it's interesting, especially with the talented weapons. That's really awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you have a hero like this that walks into the ability to go solo like that. You could even look at the Mogu hero, 
which is another one that excited me. For me, I get really excited about the heroes. Yes. Because your hero is the thing that starts the game before the game starts. This is true. So and it, like, it's good to define everything. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And it's good because it really, like you said, it starts the game, but it also, if you want to go for like lore and story-wise, it also, you know, a monk going up against a mage, it's an amusing image, if nothing else. Um, but I do have a question with you saying Chen being your favorite. Um, so this, like, Alliance Horde symbol that we have going on here. Have we ever seen that before? Because it is badass. So if anybody can pull up the, um, image for the card. Uh, no, now that, I... I think it's baller. Yeah, I'm just looking at it for the first time now, or at least looking at it closely. So... So it's like the Horde symbol with like the alliance lion on the inside and then it's blue and red divided in the middle and like i, I want a t-shirt of that i feel like it yeah it definitely is the horde uh the word logo yeah uh, 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 laid on top of the alliance lion the only thing is is i see a lizard face don't ruin this for me. It's like, so badass. I, I, can't I can't not see a lizard face. I don't see the lizard face. I'm not going to ask you to point it out because I don't want <laughs> you to ruin this for me because I I freaking love this and I want it on a t-shirt. It does look pretty cool. I do like that. It's, I, because, so for example, uh, Regar Earth Fury back in mm -hmm. Blood of Gladiators, all the dual faction, I guess, allies. They just had two flags. Yeah, they just had two flags, or I think there was one that had, like, a diagonal cut flag with, like, cord on the top, alliance on the bottom. No? That might just be a memory. But, yeah, so, yeah, they had two flags. I really like this joined flag. Um, makes me really excited. So, were there any misses that you can think of off the top of your head, wife? Um... Off the top of my head, no. I remember... Well, I can. Well, you're trying to think of yeah. one. For me, the now I did not play through Miss of Pandaria, so I'm looking at this almost entirely from a gameplay perspective. I didn't, and the lore end of it is only what wife has told me, what I've read, and then playing Heroes of the Storm and playing Warcraft Three. So it's kind of I don't know a lot of the things from WoW proper when it comes to monks. So I'm kind of taking a stab in the dark with a lot of these things on that front. But for me, overall, I did love most of it, but I think there were some misses on some cards that I'm not really sure what their uses are going to be. So is specifically, there were some of the items, and I'm trying to pull them up on the spreadsheet right now. So as you can tell, I'm stalling for time while I'm searching desperately. Uh, here they are. So the four... Aspects, uh, animal gods, I'm not sure what they, they mm. are. So, crouching white tiger statue, preening red crane, snorting black ox, winding jade. I'm not sure where they really fit in, why they fit in. They're the totem I... ally equipment, so it's cool that they're ally equipment, but they don't do much. Like, yeah. I um, I feel like they could, they along with, there are a few other cards in the same vein where the set is small, it's, we're 
able to tailor the card specifically to the environment we're looking at. And again, this is all, you know, classic is still the Wild West, so maybe somebody would think of something incredibly broken with some of these cards, but they feel like they don't do enough. And if it's, we're going to, if the cards are going to be created, I never subscribe to the, the game design philosophy of bad cards have to exist. Because otherwise, how are people going to determine what good cards are? No, I never really bought that. Just you know, some cards are bad because they're, you know, if you're if you're evaluating them in a vacuum, that's one thing. But they're not in a vacuum. It's within the context of the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these kind of tend towards the bad end, and they don't need to. Yeah, I can see that. Um... With you talking about the lore, I remember them being important in the lore. I just don't remember why. Well, and I rem- now that's going to bother me. I know they were important as far as... Because uh, I read the War Crimes book, which mm-hmm. was the trial of Garrosh, after Mr. Pandaria, the lead-in to Warlords of Draenor. And they were important because Shenzu... That is his name, right? I think so. He was presiding over the trial, but they were... They were essentially the jury... Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, oh, if yeah, I remember right, correctly. Yeah. So, uh, because so I know they are important, but I agree with you. I don't remember exactly what their. I don't know yeah. what their I guess purpose is in the lore aside from that. Um. Yeah, for a card that I don't know if I would consider it a miss. I just know it's one that I would probably never even consider using because this type of gameplay is not my thing, but. The noob Sagat, um, when this ally deals damage to a defending hero or higher cost ally, it deals that much melee damage to itself. Just stresses me out. It always has that sort of like that sort of card, like dealing damage to myself. I understand when it can be useful. Well, I mean, wife, that card is really, really good. I'm sure it is. It's just I like I don't see myself playing it. But other than like, I think overall. Um, like you said, I can see some of the cards being a little bit weaker, but I also don't know if, you know, maybe they'll sneak in from behind. Well, there's still that potential that, obviously, we haven't gone through rigorous testing with these mm-hmm. cards. It's still evolving over time. So there's always the potential that things could show up. There's a few things. So I would have liked to have seen more Mogu, more Sorok, more Hosen. Mm-hmm. More, what are the fish people? I don't remember. All I remember the Hosen. Uh, but all the other, so. The while other I, creatures of yeah, Pandaria. While, while I did start out with, I love the idea of the solo decks. Obviously, we need decks with allies too. And I think that spreading that stuff out, maybe if a few more were monsters to give monsters a jump. Uh, obviously the focus of the set is to get monks up to speed. In the Death Knight starter, they didn't worry about helping out the other classes and things. But we are at the point where sneaking in one or two cards to maybe help shore up some other ideas would be cool. But, you know, that's not to say that we can't either add them or new sets come out later, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that it... But to focus on Pandaria, as I said, it would be cool to have more of the Mogu. You... For example, if you wanted to build a Mogu deck, it it's not happening. Right no, now. it's like, definitely not. Especially because out of the options you have, 
conquer one of the conqueror cards is just opposing monks and monk cards have minus one attack. Well, that's great, but that kind of also falls to me for a miss where it circles back to the low-hanging fruit mm -hmm. idea of, yeah, there has to be one of those, but okay. No, it, it's just yeah. sort of there. That being said, I don't want to make this whole thing a downer, so let, let's circle back to, wife. give me another card that had you excited. Well... Um, a card that has me excited is definitely Trousers of Cultivation. Trousers of Cultivation. <laughs> because, I well, don't remember what off, that one is. First off, the, the name itself is fantastic. There is The that. artwork is even better. And then it's, if one or more tokens would come into play under your control, put another of those tokens into play. If one or more counters would be placed in a card you control, place another of those counters on that card. So I was going to originally ask you, instead of another card that got you excited, a card that you think will spawn a new deck type, and you kind of answered that anyway. I mean, yeah, I think it will. It's just like, boom, let me create lots and lots and lots of stuff. So this is a, a card that, and I think we spoke about it before, that is going to be a hit no matter what. Yeah, because I, I definitely think so. I don't know... And it has bunnies in the pocket. It's hard to find card game players that don't like tokens like everybody likes going oh i made a million tokens right <laughs> so it's just fun so this definitely can do some interesting things the fact that it's also available to druids and death knights which are probably really where it's going to come in i mean yeah you can use the the keg generating card mm -hmm. and stuff like that but there's just we're talking from a sheer quantity perspective. There's not that many token generators for yeah. uh, monks as compared to other classes. This so it, it's going to probably make a bigger splash in those other ones. This is true. Um, and like being able to use it in Death Knight. So Hello. One of the other cool things about this is so if one or more tokens would come into play under your control, put another one of those tokens into place. So you get a ghoul. You get another ghoul. Yeah. You get a treant. You, you get, get another, another treant. treant. Here's, so if one or more counters would be added to a card you control, add another one of those counters. So Eye of the Storm. Exactly. Freaking awesome. Now, I don't know, well, so I don't know exactly, it, I believe Eye of the Storm should be a triggered ability, so this should hit play and then put two by itself onto Eye of the Storm. Yeah. And then your next card will also add two and so on. Mm -hmm. But it's important for... So most cards that have interacted with tokens up to this point have specifically said the type of token that they're talking about or counter. So yeah, so all like, the battlegrounds have honor counters. Mm -hmm. So there's a quest that adds counters and or removes counters or mounts that add or remove counters and do the... But they only care about very specific types and it's so narrow that yeah. every time I go... Oh, I could do this with Morozond and then pull the counters off faster. I'm like, oh. Oh, only... I can't because they don't actually trigger. Now, this would actually be terrible with Morozond because it would cause him to put 24 counters. Or maybe yeah. it would only put 13. It would add one or more counters. Yeah, it would only add 13 counters. But it's adding counters and I want less counters. But the yeah. point is, is that it interacts with counters in a different way than the rest of the cards do, which is really exciting. Yeah. I am, I'm really excited about this card. Um, like you said, I don't know 
how much use it's going to be getting with the monks. I think it'll get some use with monks, but I definitely think it could get used in other decks as well. Now, the monks, as I said, do have a bunch of things with counters. This is true. So they, it, there is the potential that it could do some work there, but I think the first thing everyone's going to want to try is bottled life and this. Mm-hmm. or something similar. Now, I don't know if that's really going to work because this comes out turn four. If you're waiting till turn five to start making a ton of counters and tokens, who cares? Mm-hmm. But the counter part may be more important than the token part just to see if there is some interesting interaction out there. So for my contribution to this part, to pull up another card, is actually one that also generates counters. And that's Shaloon Staff of the Mist. It's one of the talented weapons. And this one has that as a basic ability, you can turn a face-down quest or location you control face up. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is really cool, reusing things like that. Now, is it going to do something crazy? Don't know. I kind of doubt that it will. Now, as I'm rereading the text on here, I'm assuming that there's a exhaust that's missing here. Uh, it's three exhaust, turn a face down quest, you control face up, put a chi counter on this weapon. Ah, so that is significant. Okay, so Wife is pulling that from the actual picture of the card. The artwork on this is pretty cool, too. Right? So Okay, I'm as just compa- throwing this out there. Super excited about all the artwork. Yeah. So the and it actually comes out really nice. Like I was a little concerned about how cramped all of the classes would look. Yeah, uh, but I don't it looks really smooth. Yeah, it, it came out really well. So <laughs> it, the text in the spreadsheet is actually different than what's on the card. So on the card itself, it's three and exhaust the weapon. Turn a face-down quest you control face-up to add a counter to the weapon. It has mend one for each chi counter on it. Uh, that changes it a little bit. A little bit. Because I was more excited about just being able to turn the stuff face-up automatically. The fact that now you have to pay for it makes it a little less exciting. But it is definitely still a unique power because that there aren't many cards that let you do that. No, there really aren't. And because, so, there really aren't a lot of good quests, because really the only good quests were in the first half of the game, Yeah, <laughs> for the most part. This is definitely true. There are, there are a few that are good, but for example, A Question of Gluttony is a super strong quest, mm-hmm. but you can only play four of them. It would be cool to be able to complete it for free, use this thing to reactivate it and draw, I mean, you're paying three to draw a card. But if you're getting other triggers off completing those quests, those sort of things, it, it seems like it has potential. It's, it's enough of a unique effect to justify looking at it and then going from there. So we've been talking about a lot of the non-ally things. Mm-hmm. Do you, how do you feel or do you think any of these cards slot into your existing decks, wife? Um, oh, that's a tricky one. I initially say maybe the Shah of Violence. 
Um, what deck do you feel that's going in? Because when we had, had talked about that last, we weren't super excited about it. I wasn't super excited about it, but I think, like, it could have a place in Bagmara. It could. I don't know what I would take out. The, but it could be there. I could see it. I mean, it deals shadow damage. That's why. And but the thing is, is you only care about the shadow damage on turn one. Beyond that, you don't particularly care. I still think Shaw of Violence is going to be pretty strong against any control decks. Because while, yeah, you, it's fun to have things trade into it. With only the three backside, it's probably going to get eaten by like a one drop. Yeah. And you're not going to be happy about that. That's true. Um, and I like Hito me crossbows. Where do you think he's going to end up? Or she's going to end I don't, up? I'm not sure. I don't know where she's going to end up. I just like her. So, Hito is at the start of your opponent's... Each opponent's turn, Hito taunts an opposing hero ally of your choice. Friendly monks can protect Hito. And it's a 3-5 for 4. So, it it's basically a protector. Mm-hmm. And it's... I think it's pretty solid. I think that goes into... Since it's Alliance or Horde, a 3-5 Protector is decent, but, for example, Adam Eternum can trade into it. You don't... While the taunted enemy has to has to attack, mm-hmm. if something else attacks first, it doesn't... You know, like, something else could trade into Hito first and clear the path. That's true. So it doesn't force that particular ally to interact first. So it that is a limitation, which is fine. Not saying that, that that's bad. I don't know if a 3-5 protector is going to be strong enough. It seems like it could be. It's solid-sized body. It'll end up trading with a lot of stuff. So here's a question that I have. So when Hito taunts somebody, mm-hmm. and then so... They have to attack her, and friendly monks can protect, so they taunt your hero can protect? If your hero's a monk. Okay. That was my question. I could work. I mean, you could. I don't know what, why you'd want to do that. I mean, yeah, you want to keep Hito alive, but... Yeah. I feel like if you're using Hito, you're going to... You're using him or her, I still don't know, is a male or female name. Or, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, you're using them as the wall. You want, mm-hmm. them, like, you want them to be eating the damage, not you, yeah. I would assume. But Now, as I said, we I think there's a lot of potential for a lot of brand new decks. I definitely think. A lot are. of the solo monks, a mid-range monk. I don't know if I really see a aggressive well I take that back I was going to say I don't think I really see an aggressive monk with uh, like an ally based monk but you do have uh, what is that thing called the one where it's uh, life is it life cycles Um. Miss Weaver talent put a revival counter yep that's it life cycles is the way to make aggressive monk work because as I saw the RTO games guys do, and I think we talked about Dagax is hilarious. Yes. If you can get multiple Dagaxes <laughs> and recur multiple Dagaxes, yeah. your opponent's in for a bad day. 
This is definitely true, because Dagax is, he's a Banff. So if you're looking for something competitive, that's probably where you start. You start with a solo monk. Those are the places I would probably look at. For fitting things into existing decks, though, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Because obviously none of the monks' decks are existing things. So you kind of have to jump right to the allies and the equipment. So looking at the allies, they're kind of tough to make work. So, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, we talked about the equipment ally ones, and I'm not super enthused by them. The mount does have potential, but it requires the monk, so that one's out for existing things. But just as a, a quick aside, I really do like that in Solo Monk, because you can help chip people down. I this don't know if it's going to be better than running any of the other race monk or mm. race mounts or any of the other mounts in general, depending on how the things line up. Because you are forced into like the Blood Elf one and the Human one, I think. Those aren't super exciting. That's true. So, uh, moving on from the mount, the other allies, I think, are going to have, for the most part, other than Noob Sagat, are going to have a hard time fitting in a lot of existing things. I agree. I think there are chances where they could, like I said before, but I think they are going to have a hard time it's going to be hard to justify replacing some things, like if it's a already standard deck. Yeah, the, the Shaw of Violence we talked about kind of has potential. Lei Shen is super expensive, yeah. but can take over a game theoretically. I'm not entirely sure yet because 8 is a lot, and we've said it when we reviewed it initially, it's going to feel super bad if it gets Hezrianad or mm -hmm. something. Uh, even ignore all the card text. You paid eight resources, and then their three-resource ally removes it. You're going to feel super bad about it. Now, I'm kind of curious about Hack Blowfist, just because allowing him to strike with weapons is interesting. There's, There's been similar effects before where uh, some allies let you use your armor... And it, mm -hmm. it, they never made a splash. Since uh, the destroying their weapons thing is whatever, I'm, I'm not super excited about it. The body's not great. It's a 1-4 for 2. So yes, it'll probably live if you play early enough, but then, okay, so he... Say you play him on 2. And then you play Perdition's Blade on three. It's a two-cost, two-one weapon mm -hmm. that deals one when it comes in. So you now have a three-four ally, and you dealt one when it came in. Great. But now it requires paying one every turn. You could have just played a regular ally and then played your weapon and face-checked things. That's true. Um... I guess I was just thinking of, well, you have, you know, your 3-4 ally. Your hero can be doing other stuff if it needs to. And then but, you like, still what? Have... What else are you using your hero for? Well, that, I guess, is 
especially that early on in the game when it would really matter. You're not I mean, doing it, much. It, it gives you sort of dual wield. Mm-hmm. Like, very fragile dual wield. Because the ally is, itself is going to be very fragile. So it's... It's something. Yeah. Uh, it, like I said, I'm not super excited about a lot of the allies going in into anything existing. Now, maybe there's potential that they're going to create their own archetypes, but I'm not super excited about a lot of them. A lot of my interest is going to be in the weapons and the armor and the abilities. Yeah. So, um, go ahead, wife. I, I think they... I think if we continue with the making of these sets, I would like to see more quote-unquote monk allies or Pandaren, Pandaria allies come out. Like we said before, with we do have one Hosen, but I would like to see more of the other yeah. characters really portrayed. And I think there's a lot of design space that could be explored yeah. with their the different traits that they demonstrate, mm-hmm. the different... Uh, societies and the you know whatever themes that you want to go with for those particular characters and i think these can be these are a fun starter for what could be a whole new generation of allies exactly but i would say overall a lot of these would be fully monk centric cards and you're playing monk or nothing oh yeah well i mean you will, yeah. <laughs> Almost it's all the cards require monks. Yeah. Uh, now, some of the equipment, of course, has other classes available to it, or the allies naturally could be played by other classes, but the majority of the cards in the set are monk-required. So, of course, <laughs> when we're talking about this, it's all within the context of a monk build. This is, yeah. But I would say, um, like I've said a couple times, I'm really excited about the artwork, um, and the Big Bad Wolf's paw looks really cool. Um, it's a worgen with the Shredder Claws on him. The Shredder Claws. In my head, there is nothing other than Shredder when those come out. Maybe Wolverine. <laughs> maybe. But that's Shredder. Okay. I'm excited for that. Yeah, the, we have to, we said it a bunch of times, but the artwork is fantastic right now. But yeah, so I think they did a great job choosing what to do for the artwork. And I, I know there's a couple of blank spaces, and I'm really excited to see what he comes out with for those. So how do you think overall how well monks do overall in Classic? Well, it's kind of tough to tell. As we mentioned before, we haven't really talked about, or excuse me, we haven't really tested this let alone thoroughly. Uh, but I think, to me, I would definitely start out with one of the solo monk decks, and I think that it has a lot of potential. Now, there there are some concerns I have because a lot of their removal is damage-based, which is, is a problem. Yeah. So werewolves already going to be a potential issue. Then uh, unholy powered-up demons could be an issue, because if they're too big, it doesn't matter if you're doing damage. <laughs> yeah. But you do get a lot of interesting tools, you do get a lot of self-heals, you get some crazy equipment, and I think the, the fact that you can turn off a number of your opponent's cards by being a solo deck, all their ally removal is now dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hezriana can still be played, but now she's a 2-3 three for 3, and it's not that exciting. Yeah. 
What about you, wife? Do you think that the solo monk or a different monk is going to make a splash? I think, I really do think the solo monk has a great opportunity. Now, I don't know which solo monk I think is going to be strongest. As um, in which hero? or what Well, like, brewmaster, mistweaver, Oh, which talent, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would be, that's going to be fun to figure out. Yeah, I honestly, between Zin the Weapon Master, the Mogu Monk, and Chen himself, I'm not really sure. I don't... I mean, the Blood Elf Monk essentially has pay for your opponent if they're playing allies, skips their next turn, sort of. Mm -hmm. Because exhausted allies don't ready, so if you didn't remove their guys, which hopefully you were doing... They don't get to ready, so you buy yourself some breathing room. It, it, it's eh, the blue one. I'm not really excited about because the one damage isn't mm -hmm. going to matter that much. And the secondary abilities, because they are eight, and on Zin it's seven. You know they, they're probably not going to come into play. Uh, the readying your hero on the red one could be relevant, but I think. Potentially any of the specs could work. Like, they, there's definitely potential there. Yeah. And I can see why you would go into any of them, and it would take some testing. What do you think about the ally build based around the, uh, and I already forgot the name even though we said it before, life cycles? I think it has a possibility. I think it has more of an uphill climb than the other ones. What makes you say that? I think that getting the revival counters there and not having the ability to destroy is going to be the biggest issue well, I mean, in my mind. And I'm, that's the risk you play with everything, but... Well, I wasn't going to say that. That is true, but it's only activating it twice, and you can activate it the turn it comes in. That's true. So it only has to survive one turn, which, yeah, everybody in, and their grandmother is packing ability removal, so it's it shouldn't live that long. So you run a higher risk in the red variant, trying to get to Dagax. Mm -hmm. But it's only one turn. And the payout is like 10 damage. This is true. The, whereas if you run in the blue version, it's only 8 damage with Vacus, But you get it immediately. So, I don't know. I That seems also kind of obvious that that's got to be something you test for. Yeah. And I, I think it could work out. I guess I'm just thinking of the amount of times I have things blown up before I get to use them, and it always makes me sad. Well, I mean, you, you also aren't just going to run it out there with nothing to recur. You're going to run it out. Now, it, it also falls prey to the idea of, of graveyard disruption, and there mm -hmm. are a number of other decks that care about what's in their graveyard, so you're going to catch collateral damage from that. But it's... It seems like it's strong enough that if you're playing an aggressive deck and this is your end game, that it's a reasonable option. I agree. The I'm not sure exactly what other things may appear as far as, let's say, a mid-range build. I feel like there's something in the cards there. I'm not quite sure what the configuration looks like because you could certainly play you know, your standard good stuff allies and then back it up with some of the monk removal or some of the monk weapons. The thing is, is that because of the classes or the races that are assigned to this class right now, 
you can't do the default option of, oh, well, I'll play Undead, throw Death Fear in, and then just play other good cards, and it'll figure itself out. Mm-hmm. You're forced into, well, there aren't really Blood Elf dedicated, or good Blood Elf dedicated allies. Yeah. You do get Silver Moon City. Which <clears throat> is not to be completely overlooked. Right. Or if you're human, you know, you get, like, Consul Riss, or, you know, <laughs> some other weird allies or mortar <laughs> but you do get a, like mortar on city or you get uh stormwind you know mm-hmm. you, you get some of those things that maybe there's something there yeah. i don't know there could be something hidden in the shadows that we don't see cuz they're monks so so i know we didn't really tell anybody anything that they didn't already know probably with this particular episode but well, give us a break. It's almost New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm really not feeling great. So we apologize for, well, all of those things. But uh, we're definitely going to come back strong in 2018. And we hope that everybody listening throws in their thoughts. What are they excited about? Yeah, tell us what cards? your favorite upcoming card is. We want to know. What are the ideas that you have that you want to start brewing for? Take that any way you want. Cause yes. LOL, puns. Uh, I'm definitely excited to sleeve up some of these and try and test these out. Yeah, we're definitely Uh, printing these out tomorrow. I'm excited to hear especially how the format's going to shape up, both from actually how do these impact Classic and also how do... how is Classic actually going to operate this year at Gen Con? So once again, give us your comments and what you think is going to be your favorite card. Or definitely drop it in the group because we'd like to see some discussion there about all the cards. And for now, I'm wife. And I'm husband. Happy New Year, everybody. So for all other things Random Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Randoms Thoughts. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. <laughs>